0: yes guys i'm Sai. welcome to the Foot ace podcast nation welcome to the Footy news weekly as we break down as much of the news and the stories and the rumors and the innuendo as we can in uh in about 45 minutes to an hour and uh normally it's just me innit? it but but tonight uh i'm delighted thrilled no less yeah. to be joined by uh none other than a legend in his own lunchtime' <laughs> <It is> mr <laughs> Mr. Robert Boyle and his smiley face. how are you my friend? I'm wicked mate. How are you? I'm good mate. I've been in the studio this afternoon filming filming with some peeps and nice. uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun so I've got like a, a proper positive positive outlook on stuff tonight whereas last night. I wanted the world to swallow me up into a big, dark hole, and such is life, mate, isn't it? Way, the way it changed, isn't it? No, I don't mate. It was just a, just a bad day. I've had a bad couple of weeks, in fairness. I've, I've been been struggling away, but uh, it is what it is, mate. It's part of life. One yeah, good boy. day followed by three bad ones, and then you have a week of good, and just got to go with the ups and downs, as it were. But uh yeah, mate, you can see you now,
1: but cheer your shitty life up
0: now. Well I say, good. mate, I was so depressed that I thought things can't get any, <laughs> any worse. So I thought, fuck it, let's burn let's let's burn the channel to the ground <laughs> and bring Rob back on.
1: Uh, yeah, true story.
0: It's all good, mate. No, i uh, as I was just saying to you, mate, um it costs loads of like really interesting and quality football content coming over the next couple of weeks as we build up for the season. Got um, some a Premier League preview with a former footballer, we got Championship uh, Cardiff City preview, we got uh we got a special guest on the football the football news weekly next week as well from a, from another podcast. Uh so looking just looking forward to talking football and ramping up for the season, uh, Reese says, Evening gents, who is that good looking stranger on the podcast tonight? Si? Well, so I read, to it it literally, time. it literally says underneath his face, Come on, Reese, come <laughs> on,
1: mate.
0: Uh, your Reese also put a really nice message in there, but you know, I appreciate that, mate. Thank you. Um, where do we start, mate? I tell you where we won't start because I haven't watched one second of it.
1: Women's World, the Cup. Women's World Cup. I knew you were going to say that.
0: <laughs> so if you've watched it, you give me a rundown in 60 seconds of what's happened so far in the Women's World Cup.
1: Um, so I have not watched it. Um, however, I've learned three things, I think. Nigeria women got their money cut. Before coming because of the government or something like that, so they're not getting paid, diddly squat. And there's a big old hoo ha because they did they win or something potentially. Um, there is Reese James's sister who is apparently quality, she scored, I think, today, didn't she? Yeah, and is a good England women's player. Forgive you, I don't know her name and she's in, like, took a uh, bad injury, apparently. Um, so that's as much as my knowledge yeah, goes. Kira
0: Walsh, Kira Walsh got injured. Lauren James scored a sensational winner. See? Um, that's all we need to know. But um, there was a Colombian, one of the Colombian girls, a uh, teenage girl, actually, 17, 18. Uh, she played. She had a good game. And then when she was training a couple of days later, she collapsed. And uh, I'm not sure what oh, the latest shit. update is on her but um, won very well. like So hopefully, you know, best wishes to her. And yeah. stuff. I hope she's all right. Look, and I say, look, <clears throat> I know some people will moan and say, well, it's, you know, it's football and blah, blah, blah. I, I did try and watch a couple of the first couple of games of the tournament. And I just got to be honest, right? How can I put this without getting my whole shit cancelled? Like, I watched a couple of bits at the start and I just was like, this is just isn't my thing. Like it's just not. It's just not good. Like it wasn't good. I know it gets better, and you know the better teams. Are the, you can see the ones which are professional players, and you can see the ones who are not. Now, obviously, in in men's football, the only thing you really get like that is the FA Cup, and it's kind of broken down. So people who follow like Championship clubs or Premier League clubs, unless you're a real football aficionado. You might talk the early round of the FA Cup, so then you only see like the odd side when they come up against the Championship, League teams, and stuff like that. But like, there's always a big thing in there about the disparity in pay. So of course, for the World Cup, there was a big thing. You had um, that. What's that American girl's name who's always banging on about money? Um uh,
1: Rapinoe you know, is it? Whatever her name is.
0: Yeah. So she was saying, like, oh, the difference in the like the winners of the women's world cup only get, I think, like seven million or whatever it is. The women winners of the men's world cup get like 40, or yeah, whatever it is. It's massive difference. But it's like you get in anything, like any form of entertainment, sport, TV, content creation, whatever it is, your pay and what you get from prize money. And what you get paid for your shit is based upon what you bring in, you know, in terms of viewers, in terms of sponsors, like everything. It's so like... Just to add to that. The, women, the Women's World Cup, as it is now, right, women's football is growing massively. And there's, you know, there's it's got genuine people who are watching it and, and everything and they love it. Great, I'm happy, I'm good, I want that to happen. But you cannot expect the Women's World Cup prize money to be the same at the men as the men's now. Because you're talking men's football has developed and been where it is, built to where it is today for the last fucking hundred years, like you know, when plus it's they're just at different points in their journeys and their growth and Unfortunately, like, do you ever see the clip of? I'm gonna go off on one a minute, sorry. <laughs> do you ever see the clip on of Venus Williams right talking about women's and men's te- women's and men's tennis? is like it's literally two different sports. And then this guy who was, I think it was a guy who was interviewing her, was obviously trying to say all the right things. And he was saying to her, "Yeah, but you could beat some men, couldn't you?" And she was like, "No." Like if I played Andy Murray. When he was at his peak. Like she said, he would beat me six love, six love. I probably wouldn't even score a point. And then she played, well, she was warming up um for a match or a tournament with uh the world number two hundred. Is like a guy who's no one's ever heard of, but yes. she was warming up with him. So they played a game and he beat her six-nil, six-one. Like the world two hundred against what is easily like the greatest female tennis player to ever grace the game. like, And I feel like women's football is almost in like a similar boat. Like it's almost, it's a different sport. Like you see these videos of like the American international team playing against a bunch of under 16 boys. And the kids run rings around them because yeah. they're, you know, they're under 16s, they're big boys, they're strong, they're fit. They're not quite adults, but like, it's just different. Men and women are different, right? So let's grow the women's game on the merits that it deserve, has brought, uh, that it brings and that it's built itself and is keeping building. And the the very good stuff in women's football is very, very good. But it's not all good. So let's not pretend that it is. Because some of these teams in this World Cup are not very good. And back mm. in the day, when we, when I was a kid, in the Men's World Cup, you'd have two, three maybe teams, four teams who were like that, who were just shockingly bad, but they've qualified from their area. Mm. But they weren't professionals. You know, your San Marinos and people like yeah. this. Like, I know San Marino winning the World Cup, but I use them as an example in terms mean. of, like, these teams who maybe not all their teams are professional, they all kind of play in their own country rather than being spread around Europe and the world, playing at the top clubs. And they would get spanked. I remember, I think it was in the 70s, like, Zaire got beaten, like, 8-0 or something by Brazil, you know? So that's where women's football is now, is where men's football was. Back then, in terms of the World Cup, I mean, so they, there's teams in there which aren't ever going to be able to compete with the teams who are full time professionals. It's just a fact of life, you know? Of course it is. I don't know why the people... This, get this so apples and are not
1: They shouldn't be compared. They, they shouldn't be compared. Like, they're two different entities at the end of the day. Like, power <coughs> to have and fair play to have, him, like, go, grow it, do what you got to do, increase the PR. Do whatever it takes to um, take it to the next level. But I think you you you're better not losing dog you know, by saying you know they want equal pay and things like that. It's it's two different entities. It's gotta be treated two different things. They may use the same ball, but it's two different things. They can't go head to head like that. It just doesn't work. It
0: won't work. Yeah, it's just different it's just different mate isn't it and it's like whilst you keep trying to force the equality part of that and the the comparisons it, it I don't think it I think it holds it back more than it moves it on like I Absolutely. think all the progress, all the progress that's been made in recent yeah. times that progress has been made where they've done they, they've built their own thing on their own merits and their own quality so like you see all these clubs and I'm not saying like that the men's clubs shouldn't help the clubs at club level. They should like man United's women team should be a part of man United and Liverpool yeah, and, and all the rest of it. Like they should just be one of their teams. Like, you know, like you're under 23s and your youth team and, and whatever else you're under 10s. You're under, like, and you should have a women's team and long-term you should also have women's you know, I'm talking when it's built up enough, you should have women's academies and women's mm. under sevens, under eights, and all those clubs. That's what you want to be aiming for. But you can't run before you can walk, mate, I think is the saying. Yep. Um, and sometimes I feel a bit like people... And do you know what? It's not necessarily always the people who are involved within the day-to-day running of the football. It's quite often people... You have people like uh, that American lady, or I forget her name, who's kind of finished playing and she's she's got a reputation. like She's like, <laughs> like the spokesperson for that side of things. And I think that also helps her with her profile, if you like, or her brand, or whatever you want to call it. Whereas the people within the game and who uh, are still playing women's football and, and are building it day to day, they're not saying these types of things. So it's, yeah, I don't know how I got there, mate, but I had a bit of a moan there about the Women's World Cup. But there we go. Look, I'm sure, like, for people who follow women's football, and particularly, you know, England fans and and Australia fans and and the people who are following those teams, I'm sure it's great and I'm happy for you. But that's just like, you know, when the Cricket World Cup comes round, I will really enjoy it, and I will support England because it's the England and Wales Cricket Board. Just to make that clear, and (laughs) like, but I'll, you know, I'll enjoy it, and I'll talk about it. I might even do some podcasts about it, whatever. But like, some people who watch my football podcasts, they won't be interested in the cricket podcasts because they don't like cricket, and they don't see like, do you know what I mean? Like, not everyone likes everything. And as it stands at the moment, I do find it a little (coughs) bit difficult to, I've the Women's World Cup. I I can watch Women's Premier League, Super League, whatever it's called. Like, I enjoy it. And I enjoy speaking to female footballers. One of my favourite interviews and podcasts I've done are the ones I've done with Charlotte Potts, who plays for Newcastle, who just got promoted. Like, it's not like I'm anti-women's football. I just, I haven't got the same interest in it that I do in men's football. Whereas if Andy Campbell was sat here with us, He'd be able to name all the players. He, because he's buying yeah. into it. He's buying involved. His daughters play. He he follows it. It's just you know some people enjoy it. Some people don't. Some people are deep in it. Some people are not. It doesn't yeah, mean it doesn't think, mean I hate it. Doesn't mean I hate women. It's just a thing.
1: No, I think it doesn't help with the, which is what it is. The time difference, the World Cup as well. I think, you know, um, crap if I'm wrong. But I feel I think most of the games are. Either uh, a very late at night or very early in the morning, I think, as well. So, um, you know, it's... Well,
0: that's no different to the men's, mate. The men's ones are, you know... No, no, that's true. But I think you'd watch as a, a neutral
1: supporter... Observer. Yeah, I would be more inclined to take a look if it was... Especially yeah. if no football on six o'clock on an evening... I may dabble in it and then have a little look and see what the crack is. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. But, but for something I'm not an avid supporter of, I'm not going to get up at stupid o'clock in the morning when I'm off to, to watch um, a couple of teams who I know I don't follow at all. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does, mate. It does. Um, let's have a look at some of these comments. Uh, Reese says the little things would make a difference to women's football, make the goals slightly, uh, slightly smaller for a start. So many goals are scored, but just by hitting it high into the net and the keepers are too short to reach. I think that's a fair, fair point. Like I know when, um, when my older boy, lived, uh, my older boy is a goalkeeper and when he went up into the full size goals at like under 12s, it was impossible for him. And he's a big boy because he couldn't reach crossbar. like so it was just, Anything high was a free goal, like he like then, John Pickford, did he? Yeah, and it's just a bit, of, but it's like that. So, when he used to train with Cardiff and Taft and stuff, they used to work in the three quarter length, three quarter goals. So, it's like three quarters of the full size. It was the perfect size for him, perfect size for teenagers. So, you know, these there is a ways to do these things. Um, Oh, and there goes, I show my ignorance. I said uh, Megan Rapinoe was an ex-player. Reese said she's still playing, mate. This is her last tournament, although ex-teammates have accused her of bullying them into kneeling and other issues. Yeah, I don't think she's particularly popular from what I can gather. I don't think she's very popular. Um, Gaz says, oi, oi, and then he says, move on from the Women's World Cup. is shite. All right. um, All right, and Gaz, how much much would you pay for Kamai Maguire? How much would you pay for Harry Maguire, guys? Eh, rack it out. So, so for those of you who don't know, Manchester United today uh, turned down 20 million pounds for Harry Maguire. And they, so basically, rumored this week, West Ham supposedly bid 40 million for. Scott McTominay plus 5 million ab, uh, add-ons and then they bid 20 million for Harry Maguire although I got told earlier that it was 15 plus 5 so I am um, people as people know I think Harry Maguire is comical I think he's an arrogant prick and I am not I'm not a fan of Harry Maguire whatsoever I don't like the way he comes across in interviews I don't like the way he conducts himself and I don't yeah. think he's particularly great at football But saying all those three things first, so everyone knows that I'm not a fan, I think £20 million is a bit of an insult, and here's why. He's an England international. If it wasn't for Harry Kane, or if Harry Kane was out, he'd probably be England captain. The only reason that he had a good season under whoever brought him in, maybe Solskjaer maybe the manager before. Um, He had one good season for United. And in that season, they were not trying to play out from the back. So under Solskjaer, they played very direct, get the ball up, play to the wings, sort of very old school United. Whereas now they play a very high line. They want to play out from the back. They want their centre-backs, their goalkeepers, to be able to receive the ball, encourage the press, and then pass through the midfield and progress it that way. That's not hayden Maguire's game. Yes, he can dribble the ball out of defence and he can be quite good at that. He's not a terrible footballer for his stature. But he is still an England cat. He's still an England international. And if you if he goes to the right team who play the right way, I guarantee you a year from now, we will be talking about what a good season he's had. He's not he's not a shit footballer. He's not like a photo. He's not like stealing and living. He's not someone who should really be playing in the championship. He is a top 10 Premier League defender, but not playing the tactics that Eric Ten Hag wants to play. Just like you wouldn't put him in Man City and get him to play the John Stones role. Just like you wouldn't play him for Mikhail Arteta for Arsenal and play that high line. If he goes to West Ham, He's going to play under David Moyes, who bloody loves him. David Moyes, who's a very kind of practical manager in terms of how he plays football. His defence is very deep. They defend from their old goal line. Lots of headers and and crosses coming in, defending him away. And they'd be looking for either him to hit a direct ball to the striker or in the channels or to the wingers, or to dribble it out himself and then play that pass, which he is perfectly capable of doing to a very high standard. He's also decent at defending corners, set pieces, stuff like that. Would you want him one-on-one versus Mbappe to save your life? No, you wouldn't. But that's not his game, which is why he'll, That's why he's lost to captaincy, because he didn't play for United last year. Very much. And it, they they know he's not going to play for him very much now. He's like fifth-choice centre-back behind Luke Shaw, at least. If they bring Johnny Evans in, he's actually sixth-choice. So he might not even get on the bench for United. So to me, I think 25 to 30 is fair. But I also wouldn't be surprised if somebody paid 35 to 40 for him. Because that's still ha- I'm not saying that that's what he's worth, but I wouldn't if someone if you told me that who can I think of? Not West Ham. Um, if you told me that who's, who's down at the bottom of the Premier League, I can't think of any Premier League teams at the moment. Bournemouth, um, Luton, or, Brighton. No,
1: Brighton, right. right.
0: Brighton. If you told me, right, that Luton had come in with a 35 million pound bid. Using their, you know, their promotion money for Harry Maguire, and United had accepted. I would not think. Oh my God, Luton are being done there. I would think he'll do a good job for Luton. Mm, but I think, I think that yeah, Burnley as well. I think thirty-five to forty is probably a bit much for Harry Maguire. I think the right fair price for everyone. I think twenty-five million plus five million add-ons is about right. I think 20 is too low. And I think 30 outright is probably a bit high. I don't know, 25-30, I think, is fair. Because he's an, he's an England international mate. He's a good defender. He's just not uh, a defender who should be playing on the halfway line, trying to play through the midfield. He's someone who should be defending his own box, heading balls away. What do you think about, Yeah, so, so West Ham's defence will
1: be... Slabhead and a cat kicker.
0: Well, it's interesting, mate, isn't it? With the, it's a question for you. Oh, uh, by the way, Gaz answered your question. He said 35 million for
1: one yes. at McTominay or for so, uh,
0: McGuire? I, 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 McGuire. I haven't asked about McTominay yet,
1: guys. But... One thing I want to know as well is with him, um, is Antonio going to Saudi? So, I've heard that's pretty much done deal as well. I'm curious whether he's going out there.
0: Good for it. Do you know what, Mate, in his case, and in quite a few of their cases, when I look at some of these players, but in his case particularly, good for him. Because Mikael Antonio, he missed out on his big move a couple of years back when he was flying. He never really got into the England team bar a couple of caps. And then he got injuries. And then it's never quite he's never quite quite got that like. That yeah. Big, that big move or that big break, but he's always done well for West Ham. He's carried that West Ham team sometimes. Yeah, I do like Antonio. And I think if he can go and make a big bag now as he winds down his career, then good for him. Reese says 20 million is a generous offer, to be fair. Um West Ham needed to have made an offer before selling Declan Rice. United, know yeah, West Ham has got money. That. And the thing is, United need money. So, from what I can gather, United have got enough money to sign Hoyland. To sign Amrabat, they need to sell either McTominay or Fred. And then, if they want to go back in for Harry Kane, they need to sell the other one of McTominay and Fred, Maguire and Henderson, which will give them about between 70 and 89, 70 and 100 million, depending on how much they sell them for. Mm. Like Dean Henderson, supposedly, is going to Forest for 25 million plus 5 million add-ons, which is fucking mental. How much, sorry? 25. 25 plus 5 add-ons. Which, look, if you count his age, he's proven Premier League goalkeeper. Again, I don't think it's outrageous when you break it down. And do you know what I think has broken the transfer window this year? It's Declan Rice going for 100 million. Because I'll say it again, Declan Rice is not a 100 million pound player. But Brighton have just turned down 80 million from Chelsea. And rightly so, mate, because if I'm looking at who would I rather have in my side, I'd rather have Casado. I think Casado is a better defensive midfielder. I think Casado can also play as a number eight and be a bit more attacking. I dare say he could play as a number 10 if you really asked him, but he could certainly play as an eight or a six. He could play right back. He's young. He's young. He's fast. Yes,
1: and I to he had to have He's not like forcing, forcing his way out. Well,
0: I think he's a bit naughty on one side of it. He's done a Daniel Levy by the sounds of it, the Brighton owner. In that, uh, he was going to go to Arsenal, Casado for seventy million in January, and he didn't. And then he signed a new contract. I heard that I heard back in January that that was with the agreement that they would sell him in the summer and let him go. Now, in fairness to them, they haven't said he can't go. They've just said the price he's not not going for 80 million. But, mate, if Declan Rice is worth 100 million, then Casado is worth at least 90 for me. And Hmm. to be honest with you, I think they should be the same price in terms of valuing what they bring. I'd actually, my personal opinion is I'd actually put Casado slightly higher. But, I'd probably, my personal opinion is probably Casado slightly higher, but I don't think he's going to go for higher. But if Declan Rice is 105 million, then I think Brighton should rightly ask for 90 million from for Casado, And I think Manchester United should rightly ask for 40 for Scott McTominay. He's a Scotland international. He's an experienced Premier League player, but he's also still young. He can play in he could play centre-back, he could play holding midfield he could play central midfield, he could play number 10, dare say he could play fullback as well So, Sorry, kids are calling me That's alright mate, I was just uh, explaining to the people that if Declan <coughs> Rice is worth 105 Casado's worth at least I think the same but let's say 90 and I think Scott is worth at least 40, 45 Scott McTominay can play Scott McTominay can play, he's a Scotland international he's young He's quick. He's strong. He can play holding midfield. He plays centre back. He can play normal, like box to box, central midfield. And he can play number 10. So you tell me that that is not a 20, whatever he is, 24, 25 year old who can play a range of positions and is an international footballer who's also very experienced in the Premier League. You're telling me that he's not worth 40 million? Come on. Yeah. Sado as well international who can play a range of positions is one yeah, of the most no, highly rated he midfielders did. in the, in Europe but he's I think actually he plays centre-half for Scotland as well in fairness to
1: him I'm sure he's done centre-half yeah McTominay's played
0: centre-half for Scotland and man United he's also yeah, played yeah. number yeah. 10 Yeah, I think at the moment I think he's on a run for Scotland of like five goals in five games or something <laughs> like <laughs> that playing, know, in, playing in the number 10 like yeah I don't think I mean, 40 million is outrageous for him I've got to be honest I think
1: you're right though about the rice the situation on me. I think it's fucked the market uh, this summer. The um, Premier League's always inflated anyway, isn't it? Especially for English. Yeah. Um, but
0: yeah, it's that English tax, like Reese says. There, rice was worth 105 million because of the English tax. If he wasn't oh, English, really? 80 million would have been, been accepted a while back. Yeah, I agree with that. But if you, had, if I had to, if I was say I was United or I was Arsenal or Chelsea, whoever, and I'm looking for a midfielder who's going to improve my team and my choices are Casado or Declan Rice. I would pick Casado every day of the week. And I don't understand why people... I feel like people are being blinded by... The, the English Rice, media fight. Declan, Declan Rice loving myth. Yes, West Ham won the conference. Great. They only just stayed up. And as we saw against United the other day, playing an side which plays a high line and he's playing way, way further up the pitch. It's very, very different to sitting in front of a defence in your own half and playing two yard balls with the occasional carry through a couple of strikers. Like it's just different, mate. So, here's a case of the seven which will blow your mind on this conversation, right? So, how much do you think Scott McTominay's worth? Like, so I've given you all the information. He's 24, 25, Scotland international, experienced Premier League player, can slot into multiple positions, athlete. How much do you think would be fair valuation in today's market?
1: That's two different questions then, really, isn't it? Because what I think, but uh, where we're, we're going market. in in this
0: in this transfer window, what's a fair price for him?
1: I would say
0: twenty-five to thirty. Twenty-five to thirty, okay. Uh, but, but, what would yeah, have been what? what would have been a fair price for Declan Rice, England um, international um, defensive midfielder, West Ham? To you know, what what would have been a fair 16, 70 for me? Sixty or seventy, Casado, international, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah I'd, um, I'd put
1: him on par. I'd still say about 60, 70.
0: Okay. What about Fred? 15, 20. Right. Twenty-five at a push, maybe. <clears throat> Excuse me, okay. he's not awful, let's be honest. Ready, to, ready for me to blow your mind now? Do it. blow mind, mate. Fred, right, is <clears throat> a Brazilian international. Mm. First choice for Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, played over 30 games for Manchester United last year. Um was actually quite impressive for Manchester United until, mm. until he sort of uh he got frozen out a little bit towards the end of the league, end of the year. Um the only thing I'd say against him is that he's 30 now, so like his age compared to the others is obviously a factor. Um he has made 139 appearances for Manchester United. Before that, he made 100 for Shakhtar and uh, 53 for Internacional. In total, at uh, the different age groups for Brazil, like the 23s and Brazil, he's made just under 40 appearances. Can play holding midfield, number 10. Can play wide, can play full-back. Very technically good. Why is he worth 15 but Scott McTominay is worth thirty-five. Apart from the age, I will we'll take that out just for this conversation, this hypothetical. So you're telling me Fred is the same valuation because you didn't you, you thought twenty million was about right for Harry Maguire? Was that what you said?
1: Yeah, I'd say 20, 25 max. For Harry so Maguire. Do you
0: think those two are the like equivalent in terms of price? Like you think they're they're about the same? This is where it gets messy, isn't it? Because of the right. It does deal. get a bit
1: line on messy, but it doesn't it because it's it, it's a tricky one, mate. It's a tricky one. Look, day I can't say I couldn't tell you the last time I've watched my play, so I don't know how good these boys actually are yeah. on a match day. So
0: here's another one: Anthony Elanga twenty, just gone to Swedish international. Just gone to Forest for 15 million. So is he worth Imagine the same? 15. 15. So is he worth One, the same as Harry Maguire and Fred? 30-year-old who people well, who well, that's it, it just it speaks
1: volumes adders. I like what... cited uh hmm. uh direct the uh, questions elsewhere. I just seen like two points. The Reese Majors, I thought was good. Um the Mbappe turning down around 250 million pound offer to go to Saudi really refused to meet um PSG let him go. And then a couple of <clears throat> points later, market's been messed messed up since Mbappe went to PSG. So he he screwed the market off originally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to fix it himself at the same time. Well, on the Mbappe thing, mate, right? There's a there's the people at PSG believe that he has got an agreement to go to Madrid at the yeah. end of next year. That's right. Because he's he's contracted till the end of next season, isn't he? And it's their own fault because PSG, when he signed the new contract last at the start of last season, they framed it and the pitchers say I think it's twenty twenty five or whatever the number mm-hmm. was. Um yeah, yeah. but actually he signed a two-year deal with an option of a third. But the option, it wasn't PSG. It was the players. So what has happened is one year into his deal, his two-year deal, he has written to them at the start of this summer, and he has said, he's made it formal, and he said, I will not be taking up the option of the third year, which means at the end of next season, he is done. He is effectively saying, I'm going to see out my contract, And then I'm not going to take up the option of the third year. Mm. So they're fucked because they have to sell him now, now, because they can't let him go for free in the summer. And also in September, like in four weeks or whatever it is, six weeks, PSG have to pay Mbappe an £80 million loyalty bonus. £80 million. So they've basically got to pay him to stay or pay him. And then he's going to go for free. So no wonder he doesn't want to go because he's going to be loaded and then he's going to go to Madrid on free and get paid even more. But I think what's going to happen, mate, is if he wait because he won't talk to the Saudi league Really, he said, I don't want to go there because he knows he's got 80 million coming in September. So he doesn't, you know, he doesn't need to really be like, oh, I need that money. I've got 80 million coming in a few weeks. What do I care? But I think what will happen is over the next week or two, the likes of your United's, your Madrid's, your uh Bayern Munichs, whoever, they will kind of get their transfer windows in order. And I think you're gonna have clubs going back to PSG saying we'll loan him for this year and we'll buy him next summer, or yeah. we'll buy him in January or whatever, and trying to do it that way. And it's gonna be remarkable to watch because I cannot for the life of me because they can't sell him next summer because he's out of contract. So you can't have a loan with an agreement to buy him in the summer. You have it'd be to buy a loan in, fee
1: yeah, You have it'd to, be big to have a loan, loan fee
0: and then buy him in January I suppose you could do that. But then he can speak to other clubs and sign pre-contracts in January. So for, let's use United as an example. Why would United loan him for a year, or loan him for this season, and then say, "Oh yeah, but we'll buy him for a hundred million in January, when they could loan him for a year." But then they could speak to him in January and sign him on a free. It makes no sense whatsoever why anyone would loan him for this season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because all the Premier League clubs, all of the La Liga clubs, the Italian clubs, they can all speak to him in January li- legally. And sign a pre-contract with him. So unless you want to blow like a hundred and something million in January to get ahead of the curve, it defeats the object though of paying. Say you paid like whatever. What did they pay for Joe Felix? Like 80 million wanted to loan or 60 million or something to loan him. Just to loan him. Jesus Christ. like. So like why would United say or whoever, anyone, why would anyone pay... PSG 50, 60, 70 million to loan him for a season with a thing to buy him in January or whatever, because they can speak to him in January anyway. It just makes no sense whatsoever. Um, couple of comments. Rice was worth hundred million because I oh know I read that one, sorry. Um, and but market's been fucked since Mbappe went to PSG before that. Five million in the championship got you 20 goals, Chopra. Mm. Now 50 million. Uh, needs to be spent just to get you a striker who will score 12 goals yeah mm. like you have to spend like 15 20 million on like a young striker who may or may not be good enough from like a french league or whatever um and he goes on it's a 10 to 15 million 10 years ago now probably looking at like 40 million these days 30 million if they're transfer listed um like mctominy McTomney's not transfer listed fred is transfer listed what they said about mctominy was let me get this right. I think they said he's not on. The, he's not up for sale, but if the right offer comes in,
1: oh, they will be
0: Yeah, he's basically up for sale, yeah. isn't he? Um, few things come into play: length of contract yeah. left, players transfer listed or not, resale value. You know, i.e., thirty-year-olds, blah blah blah. Um, and Reese isn't he in charge also in charge of sporting decisions, like who they sign, who they play formation, etc. So PSG cannot even drop him from the start in 11. They have to keep playing him. Um, oh. So I heard that that isn't true. Oh, okay. The reason I say that is because um, I can't remember who it was. It was a French journalist who was saying this week, what could effectively happen is if he refu- if say only the Saudi league teams come in for him, because they're the only ones who can afford his wages and his fee. And he refuses to speak to them because he doesn't want to go to the saudi league he only wants to go to one of the top teams or whatever they can just drop him and not play him for the whole season and then he's got a decision to make can he stay fit enough for a season without playing and will madrid still sign him on a free yeah they probably will i think the outcome will be he signs for madrid this summer so in yeah. some for in some way whether they give some players and it's a shame. Do you know why it's a shame, mate? Because Neymar and, and Mbappe from the off the pitch are uh, everything that's wrong with football on the pitch. Mbappe is like a once in a generation talent. But I think unfortunately he's earned so much money early on that I think he's he has a long term like player, memory, legend, whatever you want to say. I think he's spoiled already. Well, no, I fair he, he will. He no matter what he does, mate. I don't think he will ever be held in the same regard as a Messi, Ronaldo, Maradona, whoever. I don't think he'll ever be regarded the same because of the way he's acted in recent years off the pitch. In terms of, he's very seems to be money, 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 money. I maybe, maybe I'm wrong.
1: I, no, I don't dispute that, but I do. Give him a slight ounce of respect for the fact he's turned down uh, a move to
0: Saudi to chase the dollar. Um, could you give him that when he's getting 80 million in six weeks?
1: No, but then how easy would it have been to just say, Oh, fuck it, off we go to Saudi?
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought he might end up going there for a year and then going to Madrid next year.
1: I mean, it still um, may happen in fairness, but <laughs> yeah, it's mental, mate, isn't it?
0: Like, but then did you know the other thing which the other thing which I um almost feel sorry for PSG fans is PSG have made some really good sign-ins this year. They've actually changed the way, um, like they do their sign-ins. You can see like a very big, you know, it's not the, the Galactico kind of. I didn't know they've signed, mate. In a lot of me, everyone. Um, I'll tell you now, they signed that defensive midfielder who everyone was after. I can't remember his name. Um, I'll give you a full list of their signings. Yeah, but I remember right. I was looking at them, and I was like, flipping heck. But they're like proper, um they're very clever signings, young players. So you've got Lucas Hernandez from Bayern Munich. That's the most they've spent, which is €45 million. Euros. He's a good defender. Very, very good. They've got Hugo Ektikike, I think it's pronounced. For 28 million euros from Stad Rahme. He's a young player. Very, very good. They signed Kag in Kang Ing Lee from Mallorca for 22 million euro. He's class. He is very so very good. good young he's player. Z- Xavi Simons, phenomenal player. Um, really, he's gonna be one of the if he He's gone PSG, mm-hmm. if he? Yeah, for 4 million euros. What? Exactly. If he I think they had a buyback. No. For they had a buyback clause. Um, but Javi Simons, mate, he um, if he lives up to his potential, could mate, be one of he the great. I haven't finished them, mate. Um, you've also got sorry, I forgot um Manuel Igarte was the defensive midfielder from Sporting, who United, Chelsea, mm. everyone was looking at he was the most expensive for 60. Sorry, and then you've got Listen to these. So you've got all those young players, like some of the most highly rated young players in Europe. So what was that? One, two, three, four, five quality, quality, quality young players that they got on a free. uh, uh, Screener from Inter on a free transfer. Good player. 30 years old he is, mate. Great centre-half. Asensio from Madrid on a free transfer. Quality. Um, And then they've signed a couple of free transfers from Benfica B and um, they've brought someone up from the under-19s, which is a separate PSG team. And they've got rid of uh, Messi. Looks like they've loaned out Xavi Simons to Leipzig, which I think is probably a good move for him. Um, They've got rid of Icardi. They've got rid of Ramos. They've got rid of uh, uh, Bitsubai. Like, so they've got rid of the kind of, if they get rid of Neymar as well, um, I think, you know, and, and even Mbappe goes as well. Like, they've got rid of that kind of ego-filled dressing room and replaced it with young, hungry, quality footballers. And that's what I mean. That's gone completely under the radar. And this is why, mate, right? Yeah. I think, say, say PSG... Sell or get rid of in some fashion Neymar and Mbappe right this summer they get they get them out on loan or whatever they just get them out and then they sign Harry Kane just for an example you add Harry Kane to all those players plus the players they already have and I would not be surprised if they go and win the Champions yeah. League hello <laughs> say hello yeah now you need well to say hello I go back upstairs sorry sorry miss Sorry. Um, so did Ramos retire then, or was he literally? Even released? Uh, yeah, he's he's got no club at the moment. I have an idea of where I think he might end up, but I'm not gonna Newcastle. Speculate. I actually think if United's so United have got this weird thing with their they're very limited because of their financial fair play. They've like I said earlier, they've got enough money to mm. buy Hoyland, but they've also going to be signing Amrabat. To sell to sign him, they've got to sell Fred, and then if they want to get Harry Maguire, uh, Harry Kane, which they do. They have to sell Henderson, Maguire, McTomney, And obviously they sold What's-His-Face as well, Uh, the guy to Forest. So they'd have the money for those players, basically, by selling those players and what they've got in, a, in their budget. But they need a replacement for Harry Maguire. Yeah. And everyone assumes that it's going to be Johnny Evans. But I'm looking at Sergio Ramos, and I'm thinking he's going to want to play Premier League football. He's not good enough to start week in, week out. No. But the way the way Ten Hag plays football, Sergio Ramos would be a pretty good backup for um, for Martinez and Varane. It's like a frigging time warp. I'm sure, like Ramos. Over, we nearly uh, went there, or, didn't he?
1: 15, 20 years, you've been rumoured to have be been joining United.
0: We need. I think he nearly went there, didn't he? When they went, when he went to Paris. That's right. Paris offers of big money. I would not be surprised. I, I. That's just purely my own speculation, by the way. Yeah, do you know? I what? just it think would, it makes a bit like of sense. To see him
1: there. I'd like to see like... him
0: in the Premier League just for a bit. Like, I don't think he's going to start. But Varane, you know, Varane uh, picks up injuries, doesn't he? So they have to have like a backup and Lindelof has proven that he's decent. But I think if you could add like a Sergio Ramos in there, I think Johnny Evans is a fine backup, like just to be that Harry Maguire, but you know, Sergio Ramos is better, only he?
1: What do you say about age? Look at Tiago Silva at Chelsea. I know
0: they've not been very yeah. successful,
1: but it's not well it's no really da- last year it's not not down to Chelsea for him, is it?
0: They won the Champions League with the year before last.
1: Really quality player, Thiago
0: Silva. Yeah, I got um, we got um, a guy coming on next Thursday on the Thursday show from um, the the Shed End podcast, the Chelsea <laughs> podcast. So I'm going to save the Chelsea talk for 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 him. Look forward I, to it. I am going to be really enjoying that. Um, so as always with these football weekly shows, we're kind of like flying all over the shop. um I'm going to be wrapping it up in just a second, mate. Yep, Marez gone to Mares gone to Saudi. 30 yeah. million. I'm at 30. 30. The most successful Premier League African player of all time.
1: Mm. I see Sadio Mane's hold him over there as well. Mm. What do you, where do you stand on Mares, by the way? Like, I like him, mate. I think he's massively underrated. Um
0: he flies under either. the radar a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, he's not a big household name, is he? Do you know what so I mean? Like, I think when he was a sorry to make, interrupt you, mate. He, say, when he was at Leicester, it was all about Vardy. Yes. And Kante. And then when he's at City, it's all about Haaland and Aguero and De Bruyne. Yeah, absolutely right. He does play a lot off the bench, though, for City, doesn't he? Like, how much has he contributed, really? Oh, mate.
1: He is a very, very good footballer. Like he's got one of the best touches I think I've ever seen. Like his first touches, outstanding. Yeah,
0: oh, like yeah I'll think,
1: take that. I, I think I think you that. literally can look at a collage on YouTube of his best touches, and mm. yeah, he's he's a good footballer. But and fair play to him, you do you. For me, I still think he had a lot more to offer. To thirty-two, he.
0: Yeah, is he thirty-two? Actually, yeah, like thirty-two. I think it's okay, a good age to go to. I think any player who's going to the Saudi league, if you're 32, I think you can justify it, you know, because I I loved, by the way, just to finish off, I absolutely loved what, um, oh, what's his name? The one who went to United for it on loan, Egalo. Did you see what he said about the yeah, players going to the I, Saudi yeah. league? Oh, um, mate, just as we finish off, like the last thing to talk yeah, about is that. That's a good like, way to finish, mate.
1: I love what it. he said. was a good he one. said
0: His quote was, We play for money, not for passion in Saudi Arabia. And um basically said, You know, Cristia, he said, Cristiano Ronaldo has earned more money than me, than I'll ever make in my life playing football. Yeah, he still went to Saudi Arabia. And he said, You know, we play for, we play for money, not passion. Igualdo did the same well, didn't he? It's it? a job to them, mate, isn't it? Oh mid, You imagine how much money Egalo I- was made from going to China, then going on loan to United, mm. and then going to Saudi. He's he's, he's made more money, more money, years. yeah, more money in that that sort of two three year period than he probably did his whole career before that. Um, no, that exactly, raises, mate. He wasn't even a bad like in fairness to him, are you, really you right it? The United Uniteds, from what I can remember, not amazing, but like he did all right. No, he's been better than Van Jesus, Jesus Christ. Um, Reece says just last question. Then he says, uh, "City are probably the weakest they've been in years." Kyle Walker on his way to Bayern, Bernardo Silva to PSG. They seem to be slowly, uh, they seem to be slow strengthening. You say that, mate, but look at who they've brought in already this summer. Um, who well, they brought in? I didn't even know who signed. They signed that uh, grab. I can never pronounce his name. That's Defender. Um, Was well, he actually
1: signed now? The one from Leipzig? Uh,
0: I thought he had, but maybe he hasn't. All right. So they sold, or they bought in... They bought Kov, Kovacic, which I think is a good... Good signing, good mm. replacement, good good backup, whatever you want to say. He might like knowing Pepe he'll probably already, you know, he's probably got a plan for him. Um, looks like Kyle Walker's going to go. Yeah, so it looks like they haven't actually signed. <coughs> I thought so. I thought they signed that Guavio Guavio, but they haven't. the looks to it, he's not done.
1: Yeah, like, they thought, probably
0: will be. Do you know what would be a good signing for someone in the Premier League is Concello? Because there's no way he's staying at Man City after the way him and Pep Pe- so publicly fell out. So, um, uh, Kovacic is decent, but compared to that eleven, not real improvement. Uh, I think you'd be surprised, mate. I think Kovacic is quality. There's a reason why he's always been linked with the biggest clubs in Europe. It's just I think the last couple of clubs he's been at, he's been a bit misused. I would not be surprised to see him be played alongside Rodri or wherever he plays him and he being an absolute everyone be like, Whoa. To be fair, him and
1: Modric uh, for Croatia that pair in the midfield,
0: there's a reason why they've yeah, got they that. always always do well in the tournaments, Yeah, Yeah, um, uh,
1: yeah, he's not a flashiest of players, but um
0: yeah, he's he's a good he's a good player. This is what i'm finishing on uh reese says to put with uh, peter Whittenham in perspective super kev said every single transfer window the club would accept an offer for him and every single window peter Whittenham would turn down all the money just to stay at cardiff god i love him god i love him, god, I love him. right, guys, we'll be back. Um, If you like boxing, check out the Boxing Podcast on Sunday, produced by uh, Ace Podcast Nation over on Ben Doherty's channel. Sugar and Silk, always a classic, and there's some big fights coming up soon over the next few weeks. Uh, Saturday, new episode of My Story, 12 p.m. on our YouTube channel. Please check that out and uh, support it, Um, even if it's not someone you're not familiar with or it's not a sport or... A genre that you're normally interested in i urge you to check it out we had foot, ex-footballer gavin gordon on there recently we had uh boxers rappers bands music there's all sorts of different people on there it's always always a good episode you always pick something from it and um that's 12 o'clock on saturday and then we'll be back members members only monday cardiff city championship wednesday and then with Theo from Shed End next Thursday before the return of Rodri Giggs. Got his face close to my heart so I don't (laughs) miss him. (laughs) Got some new merch up on the site as well. Check that out. Nice one. Thank you very much to Rob for joining me this evening. We are out. Peace and love. Sports Social Podcast Network.